Hello and welcome to Can You Relate with Effie Blankson. I'm Effie and today I'm with Ayram. Now, do you recall that last week Ayram and I started discussing a few things around infertility and that whole journey and that question almost immediately posed all of the nuptials of when are the children coming. Now, it made a very interesting discussion. And following that, we've had some feedback. And I think I'm going to go straight into it. No time to waste. Welcome back, Ayuram. And it's really good to have you with us this week. So, um, how have you thank been? You. I've been okay. Um, I think, first of all, the bit, I'm not going to say weird, but I felt a little... I guess the lack of words, you know, I'm going to use weird, you know, sharing such an intimate part of our journey. Yeah. And I say our journey because obviously it's not just mine. It's, 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 it's not having a nice journey. Um, but I think as I was walking through it and uh, do I, how much do I share? And, and, and I thought, you know what, it's, it's, I'm hoping that it becomes a catalyst for someone out there who's considering this process or who is potentially walking through their valley you know mm. and and it could you know help you know shed some light as to different alternatives you know that are available for them and and the fact that you know what it's and and maybe today when when we do share um, the process that I had to go through um, it could, you know, trigger somebody like, you know what, whatever misconceptions you have about the process, um, it isn't that, you know, at all. And it may maybe possibly make it a little clearer and give them the, the strength to go forward if they're going to go um, for this particular, pro um, um, uh, they're going to go through this particular route. So I guess that's, that's um, apart from being all right and overthinking things I think for me that's that's where I sit right now yeah yeah amazing I think you know knowing of something reading about it and then actually you know listening to a lived experience um always very different and I think really helps uh the mind to obviously make that final decision so I do hope you know after you said somebody uh, and something gets inspired to actually just go for it you know so we, we've had um some feedback and um I think I'm going to let you go straight into um okay. talking about some of those um, um so interesting you remember I'd said earlier on that you know what the, it's a the the process or the IVF process could break out at different places and I had a really dear friend of of mine that I knew way back actually also she wasn't in, in, in Wesley Girl sending me a message and saying that you know what her testimony was that she went through the IVF process and she only had one egg that was available to her Luckily for her, the doc, you know, the doctor, and this is purely God. God used that doctor to almost say, you know what, you just got one, but it's fine. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna take that out. They fertilize that, and now she's got a beautiful baby girl. And and I think that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple of people reaching out to me about, you know what, yeah, you know, they've gone through the process, or um, how do you, you know, obviously there were some who were asking me for the numbers of the place I went. Um, and 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 also, you know, others sharing other things that I really don't want to 
obviously share here, but yeah. the there has been some conversations that are coming out from it, and I'm thinking, then you know what, then we we're doing something. Yeah, you know, we're doing something. You know, um, that that needs to be done, and so uh, we can we can just jump into whatever questions. So I'll be like, you know, so you're tabula rasa right now. I know everything about this. <laughs> Now, hold on I know everything about it but whatever I speak about is according to my experience and yeah. what I experienced with my particular doctor or based on whatever I had going on with with my housekeeping you know yeah so maybe but yeah absolutely. A, you know for the audience a, this, this is this is this yeah. is Aram's lived experiences and we have to make it clear that everybody would have their journey yeah. so you know this yeah. is Aram's journey it's not that one size that's going to fit everybody but at least it gives us a good overview yeah. of what sort of you know things to expect so yeah Aram, I'm just going to let you fly with it okay so that's a likely first so I had to go okay. First of all, I think there are quite a number of misconceptions around IVF. So before you went into this, actually, did you have any misconceptions? What were they? And can you tell us how wrong were you about those uh, misconceptions? So... I did have a few. I think the one thing I thought was that it was going to be such a lengthy process. There was such a long process and it was just going to go on and on and on and on. I I think, and then also I thought it was going to be hella expensive. More, I'm not lying. There is some money in there. But I thought it was going to break, 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 break us. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I didn't attempt to, you know, go in. Yeah. But I'm always a bagging hunter. So I'll tell you about how I found, <laughs> like, why these group, this team was so great for me. Yeah. Um, I think those are the two things. And I, I don't know. I didn't think about whether or not it was going to hurt or not. Um, it was never one of those things that was, it was, it was never one of the things that I thought about. But the biggest thing was that um, it was going to take forever. And it was going to be crazy expensive, you know. Um, I think for me, those are the two misconceptions that I went in with. Um, but it, it, um, I think I was pleasantly, um, not surprised as to how short the process was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of the financial bit of it. So th- this particular um team that I I I went to see, they got. They almost make a, for them, it's almost called, they call it um, affordable uh, fertility treatments for people, Mm -hmm. right? So they've got two main um, spaces, and I guess we're just going into it. They've got two main um, uh, locations. They've got one that is for, you know, for those who, you you know, your income is not where it's supposed to be. And then they've got another space that, you know, you pay a little bit more for, right? But it all depends on what protocol you're going for. So they will tell you that okay, you can stay at this particular um the low the lower cost one. So generally these guys are not too crazy. The lower cost one. And um as long as your your BMI is not over a certain number, 
and you know and the the, the amount of um medicine they have to give you um it doesn't go above a certain mills i think they cap at about 150 mills you could stay at the the lower section of it mm. but if your bmi was above <laughs> i know i know this bmi thing that tells us that i mean look at me i'm supposed to be technically then you move to you know you move to you know different bracket because they're giving you a little bit more and your protocol changes you know? yeah so let me just jump in and, and i think for me those are the those are the the biggest two and i'm not saying that it's not it's not it's not expensive 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 right mm. um but it's not out of reach if you if you are committed to to doing it mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know because i was trying to do calculations back into you know dollars as to how much we spent but maybe I'll, we will talk about that later or somebody wants to figure it out um, but it's not but I, I think what i would say is that you can go in and go find out it might not be as expensive as you think it is at least for the company that i went i went to yeah, yeah. and at least i think that for um most places uh here in the uk there are places where you find um, installment plans as well so I think it really depends on where you are to to have that sort of arrangement uh, as well yeah yeah so so I think we just go straight into what was it like okay. yeah so remember I had told you last week that when I had gone to check with the initial gynae um, they said that oh my levels were fine okay um and so we went again so we took I took those same um because it was, it was a short time that I'd, I'd, I'd done my blood so I took my blood work plus um um hubby's um his his analysis and then we went together um to go see the specialist and I think it was about late October that we went to go see the specialist and I remember sitting down there and this man just taking my heart and just tearing it up because he picked up my results. These very results that um, the the gynae had said. So the specialist looks at it and he says, okay. Hmm. And he takes a pen and then he starts circling my AMH levels. Don't ask me what was that. But whatever it is, <laughs> he says to me, this is supposed to be higher than this. But... So he was looking at it in relation to each other. So because the gynae was looking at it in, in relation to what levels I was supposed to be in. But the specialist almost looked at it in relation to each other and what should be higher than the other. And again, so he almost looked at it and he says to me, no, looking at my, my levels, he, he can, he, can he, he diagnosed that I had pickers. And he asked about, you know, whether or not I had diabetes in my family. Because he's picking the, all of these things up. And I said, yeah, we had had. And then he says, okay. And then he kind of explained to me what my body had been doing. So he said, whilst I was being younger, um, what was happening was that my, 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 so according to how he explained it, my ovaries were revving too much. So they were producing a heck load of, 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 um, of eggs. And what was happening is that either I was doing nothing with them or they were not going through the right circle or they're not going through the right, process then in the end even when my body says is ready hey all of you come out let's let's do this thing 
um my ex though didn't bother themselves with getting up and traveling mm. right so he tried explaining he's excited about you know there's an interview and and nobody nobody showed up for this interview because now they know that you're not going to offer them a job <laughs> so he, i remember this so well this is about two years ago they were telling this to me so so this is this is 20 20 right 2020 october these are this is when we had this conversation um yeah 2020 october and so we then he said to me you know what um come in let me do some uh, an examination of me and then he so we go in i go lie down he examines me and he says under his breath and i don't know why he said that he's like hey this auntie she has so many problems of course i started crying again oh no I was like, I'm like, but obviously not in front of, because I had to be, you know, good for, for, I had to be strong for this. And anyway, so we come back and he tells me that he can see that there's a bit of debris, like interesting thing to be talking about, you know, your, <laughs> they're telling you that you've got debris in, in you there. Um, um, but he thinks that we need to be really aggressive about it, as I had said. And then, um, that it was such a whirlwind like whirlwind there's too many things happening and if we wanted to do it we had to do it now and i was just looking so miserable and i remember Viv looked at me kind of looked at me and said like it's fine we'll get through this and i have not i have he said to me no we'll yeah we'll get through he says like we'll figure this out together he said and 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 i think obviously yes i started wailing again so my first consultation was very very emo and i guess that's why i said to viv when he wanted us to and i'm sorry guys that i'm mentioning this so many times but he's part of this right um that he was like i think for me it was when we had gone so what happens is that they tell you this is what we we need to do i think we need to be very aggressive about it because if you i'm not saying you can't get pregnant but i'm saying that if you are going to let nature take its course it may take a little longer than it should. So we should be really aggressive with it and uh, it should be sitting at home. So he said, if we wanted to, we need to just speak to the nursing sister. They will explain what the process would be, what the ballpark figure of cost will be. And if we're, we want to do this, I need to show up at the other center on on the like I need to book an appointment and, and, and meet up with the other you know at the other sorry at the other center when my period starts okay because on the first day that my period starts to you know we can start it and I felt it was so quick but we thought about it I booked an appointment and went through it to them right I'm gonna pause here if you've got any questions you must you must let me know all right cool cool <laughs> I just go ahead. Okay, cool. So now, no, so that was the consultation phase, right? Now that the IVF cycle starts with a stimulation, right? So what they do is, um, what they do is that you are going to inject hormones, and that's why they want to wait for you to start your your cycle, mm. right? So what they want to do is that they want to grow your the follicles in your ovary, and and obviously these follicles follicles uh, contain the, the eggs right and they needed to grow to about a minimum at least a good size at about 18 millimeters right um that was for the first that was the you know that's the ideal 
18 millimeters. That's when you know 1.8 centimeters. That's what they want. And then they can, then they would think they're great for them to harvest. So what they did was, and then obviously they could take them out and then they can test for their viability. But they need to start stimulating, right? So I remember that we went in on the 4th of November, right? So that's when I had mine. And, you know, and I had to start the the hormones the next day. And the team, the, the needles are tiny, you know, a little like, a, I don't know about the insulin um, injections. Yes. Uh, at least that's what I was using. So they're little tiny. And then they give you also some tablets to regulate you. So you do not, your herbs don't come out like they would normally. So it holds them in place and lets them grow there. And none of them will travel. So they give you that to grow and they give you something to stop them from. It holds like a whole door, like it holds them out. So um, they, so so obviously then you inject. And I remember the first day I went back for, so I think I had done it for about three days or so, or no, I did it on the 4th. And on the 11th, I had to go in for the, and I had, I put down some notes, so I'm just referring to them. On the 11th, I went in for my first scan, okay? And they wanted to see how far along my my follicles had gone, and the when they checked, my dominant one was at about seven. Remember, I was supposed to go was seven and I was at seven, and my dominant ones were about nine and seven. Okay. And this and these were the you look heading towards what about eighteen, and at that point you were about seven, between seven and yeah, nine. And I, nine and this is like a almost a week into it because they were expecting as he says to me are you he didn't even bother measuring the others he says to me are you taking the dog are you taking your injections the right way because they tell you when you're supposed to take them or whatever and the there's a gradual increment that they give you are you taking your medicine the right way i said to him in my head i'm like hey you know how much I want this game. You think I'm not going to take this like a trap? But I said, yes, I am. And then he says, okay, um, I must come back in two days so he can check. Okay. Now, heads up. The this these guys that work that the this particular fertility clinic, they're not, they're not good. I'm not gonna say, I'm gonna say they're not great with their bedside matters. Because they they they're here. Like we need to get this done. Right. Yeah. So you nobody's gonna be holding your hand and be like, hey, because they've got another person to see and that's all they do there. Right. Yeah. So I remember in my head, I remember there was a very, very sad Aram that went home that day. I kid you not. You're supposed to be at 18, you're sitting at seven and nine, and you're thinking, what's going on? And I remember coming back and then just you know, just singing in the car. And then I came on my cave to let my sister and my bestie know because they were bearing me up also in this. And I had to tell them, we're like, you know what, that's fine. We're just going to just pray about it and we'll be fine. Right. So that was my first day. And then, then on two days later, which is on the 13th of November, I went again and it was much better. Right. So my second son, I had about 10 to, you know, I had 10 to 12 millimeters going on right now. And then the others were growing, right? So the the the, the others were getting to about eight. The ones that he didn't bother to measure were about eight now. Now, just as you think that you've figured it out, then you're also checking your uterine wall. So my uterine wall was supposed to be 
the ideal or the ideal standard, a minimum, it could be thickerish, is about eight. Hey, I'm sitting at, I, so the first day I was sitting at 3.6. I forgot to tell you that. But then the second time I come through, I'm at 5.4, right? So also my uterine wall wasn't doing what it was supposed to do mm. because that's what's supposed to. So that's what the eggs are supposed to attach to finally. And if they don't have enough cushion, they were going to fall out. Fall out. Yeah. So that's important for them to, you know, grow thick. Yeah. So now I'm sitting at 5.6 at this time, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm, and then I, I'm, I'm home and it's, and, and it's such a, it's almost a, it's a loneliest journey right now because I can't go with Viv right now. Um, COVID, we had COVID and we had COVID regulations in and it was a very simple thing. You're going to just driving, they check, you're out. You know, if there are extra things you need to take for meds and all that, they give you, you're out. And I remember it was very lonely. And that's when I was saying that when I'm returning, it was about a 30 minutes drive back home. And I was just replaying my royalty, the album, and just, and one of the song, the first song on that thing, on that album says, God's going to get the glory, right? And I'm screaming and you're singing this and you're, because you need something positive because you're looking at the numbers and the numbers don't look great, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're just hoping and believing for the best. So that was the, that was my second scan. And then on your third, on your third scan, uh, on my third scan, the doctor, that very doctor who was looking at me and was shaking his head, was very, very pleased with me. I was like sitting at 21 centimeters and some of them. And I see the numbers were looking really good. good. Right? So, so, and, but now again, my uterine wall was sitting at 5.6. So what they did was they started, they gave me something to, to, to work on that, my usual one, right for the walls. So they gave me, I forget, uh, I forget exactly what they gave me. They might have given me, um, it's almost like an aspirin type of thing, but it was supposed to help, uh, you know, with a lot of flow into my my regions, okay. you know, to help with with the tablet. Yeah, it's a tablet for that one. But all the while, I was still doing my injections, right? And mm-hmm. so by the before my fourth scan, I think my fourth scan might have been on the 16th of November. And I remember I started on the 14th, but the 16th, I could feel a heaviness within me when I went there. Yeah. You know, you could feel a little bit bloated. You could feel it. And I think I was measuring between 18 to 22 for the follicles. And and because well, as soon as they saw that, it was okay, not a good thing. So they gave me a trigger shot. Right to stop the almost stop the almost slow down the growth or to let them know that with you coming out, and then I was told to come on a you know I was supposed to you know I was booked in to come through so they could do the aspiration, mm-hmm. okay. So this was on the sixteenth, and that's when they gave me the trigger shot, and by the twentieth of November, they were ready to take them out to what they call it aspiration. Right, just pretty quick, you know. Um, and I remember my bestie also telling me, "Oh, really? That's really quick." And I'm like, "Yeah, you were not thinking. You figured that it was going to take long." Yeah. Anyway, so that was on the twentieth. So that day on the twentieth, um, the um, my partner had to also bring his sample that day, 
Um, there's a story there. I'll tell you on the side how that, how we, you know, I'll tell you the side of that. <laughs> right. So he needs to he needed to present his his sample for that day because what was going to happen was so during the aspiration pro, pro, process, they take you in and you go under. Okay, so they yeah. put you under, and what they do is they go in and go collect the the the, the follicles, mm -hmm. right? And immediately that they get them, they add his to it, and then they let almost nature take its course. Well, outside the body, but obviously you know to do the fertilization outside. And then um, I remember sleeping. Oh, I don't remember what happened, but I, all I did was I heard, I woke up and I heard, Gavinder which is my surname now, 22, right? So they they had gotten 22 eggs out of me. Oh, that's an amazing number, isn't it? <laughs> 22. An amazing number. Yeah, like you're like, oh, like a little chicken. Oh, 22 <laughs> eggs. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And, and because I didn't know what was happening, I almost came in, so I, I, I didn't know what was what had happened, right? So what I did was I went to search, you know, aspiration, and nowadays you can find anything now. Yeah. And on YouTube, I found this couple that got about seventeen eggs, also. Okay. Now this is the day I came home, right? So they put you out. Your husband had to come. Um, I said they've had to bring me. You know, they let you lie down for a bit because it's a bit. You know, you're you're put under. So to you know, I had to come home and I was just lying in bed. And I was just checking, you know, trying to say, "Hey, what happened?" And I remember searching, and then I saw this couple who were filming everything. They had seventeen eggs that came out, and then in three days, they were told none of them fertilized, so they lost it all. Wow! Did I not weep? Wow! <laughs> and for myself, because meaning. That number that you thought you had, oh, good dear, my lights went off, I apologize. That number that you thought you had, um, sorry, the lights are on. My, I know, do, do we need to fix the lights? <laughs> and you probably have to stitch this. <laughs> pause, can we pause or? No, 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 carry on, I'll, I'll, I'll edit. Cause I want to, let me get a power for the yeah, lights. Power so back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't want people to help the dolphins, and I knew this was going to happen. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, we're back. Apologies for that. So what? Let's let me do it, and then you can you can stitch properly. So because I hadn't seen what happened, um, I went searching on YouTube, and I found a couple that had the seventeen eggs, and in about three days they lost. You know, they 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 lost it all. And I remember crying for them. I cried for myself and I wept. And so I'm like, oh, no, no, no. So I went on Instagram after that. And TG Jakes had said that. And I wrote, I wrote it down. 
if all you hear is the noise of the outside world telling you what's impossible, you won't hear the sound of God doing the possible, the you know the impossible, right? That's what he had said. And and I think for me that was one of those things that I just and I and I was like, okay, thank you, um, thank you God for giving you know for letting me know this right now. Yeah. Because now I'm freaking out. I'm also scared right now. Okay. So we 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 went back, I think, on the 24th of November. Okay. Yeah. But before then, I had a call and they called me from the um from the from the clinic, the lab, and they said, Oh, Mrs. Gavender, you've got we've got the results of the eggs, right? Because we wanted to tell you, check on it. So what is happening is that they wanted to grow it till the blastocyst stage, which is day five. Yeah. And they were growing it up to the you know, till day five before they you know they transferred it back in. Um and so at that point, you know, so when they called me at about day day one or day two, they said to me that um, you know, we've got of the 22 that you got, 17 fertilized. And I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. At least 17 fertilized. That's good. Because right now it was a numbers game. Yeah. Um, and, and then we we're like, okay, good. Uh, and you need to come in on this date. And I think it was the, you need to, so they called me about on the 20th, but I need to come in on the 24th so we can transfer back to you, right? So they take it out on the 20th, and I think on the 25th, or the yeah, they, they had to transfer it back to me. So that day when we went there, um, I remember on the 25th um, of November, we I mean, went I have back. A comment, an um, argument about, and that was the day they had said they were going to re-transfer the, the eggs back. So the mm -hmm. 25th of November. And note, we had started this process on the 4th of, of January. So th this is about... 24 days mm -hmm. or 21 days <laughs> my maths it's about 21 days into it and there's about three weeks and they trans they're transferring things back into you um i remember the day uh when we went in um they said they they, they came back and they just showed us and said okay right now of the 17 eggs that you had you only have four left Right. Oh yeah, I was talking earlier. Four, four. We were left with four. I said it's a numbers game. That's why when you just have one, that comes through, and you have a baby at the end of it. It's incredible. Hmm? That's something else. Um, and we had had a big, you know. So we and and funny thing is that because we were looking at numbers, we were busy having an argument around whether or not. We were going to try transfer. This is before we knew we had just four. Eh? We were yeah. going to transfer one, or we we're going to transfer two in case they split and we've got twins in your family. Blah blah blah. Ah, we go and we find out that we have four, and they even make the decision for us because they've been doing this for so long. They're like, you know what? We're just going to put two in, and they grade them. Okay, we were putting two. I think remember they had said two m. A, a a or whatever two a grades or whatever they, they you know they grade the eggs yeah as, as, you know you know to the quality so they put the best off first so they put the two in and they retransfer them and i was put on bed rest for a bit and so what happens is they you know the first couple of days you know you're put on on well you put on bed rest 
Um, but then they tell you, sorry, they tell you that on the 10 day mark after they do the transfer, you need to go in and do a, a test, you know, a pregnancy test. So they want to check your your hormones, right? And then and on uh on the next and and then then they you know they, you do a follow-up two days later for them to confirm whether or not the levels are increasing. Mm. But I think I so I was home for a bit, um, for about two or three days. I chilled at home, but they said it was fine. You to go to work, and then I went in to work. I think this is day six or something. Um, yeah, a week later I went to work, and it's about day six or day seven in it. I went to work, and I remember going to the bathroom, and and seeing blood. So I quickly um rushed home, you know. And then I called the the nurses to tell them that this is what I'm seeing, right? And the sisters. And then they said I should go in earlier for the for the test. Yeah. Right? For the pregnancy test. And I remember that in that time I was doing um my sister's baby shower. Mm -hmm. And and I remember the date, it was on the sixth of December. It was when we were doing my sister's baby shower and I was always the organizing you know um and so the fifth I went in to go do the the test because obviously I was bleeding and this is 5th of December and and then I went in to do the test and I was waiting for the results and I was a bit anxious and not just me um because you know obviously you, you want to organize and you are busy and all that so you want to make sure that must I slow down or can I go ahead and do all my things? So I remember I had to go, I went to the, I didn't even wait for the, the nurse sister to call me. I went directly to the lab and asked them, can I have a copy of my, my results that I done if it's ready? So they gave it to me. I looked at the results and it was telling me, so they don't explain anything to you. And it was telling me that, no, I spent, you know, looking at the numbers, I don't think I'm pregnant. I know it didn't take. I mean, the blood I was seeing meant it didn't take. And what I did was, it's called a fresh transfer. So if they take it immediately from the, and that's something I should have shared, if they take anything from the, from the, from straight from the tube right in, and they didn't freeze it, it's called a fresh transfer. So that's what I did. I did a fresh transfer with that. And, and looking at that, and I figured it didn't, it didn't happen, but you were, you were hoping that it, the two stack. You yeah, know, you're hoping to start and you're reading incorrectly what the data was. And and at this point I was waiting. Um Viv had gone to go pick something, but I was waiting at one of the stalls and I was waiting for him to come pick me up because I'd made some purchases, but I was waiting for him to pick me up because I wasn't driving at that time. Because obviously I was uh, I was I was feeling a bit offish. Yeah. And and then I got the call from the nurse and sister and said, Mrs. Carvinder, um just so you know, I'm sorry you didn't, you're not pregnant. It wasn't successful. And then I said, no, it's okay. Thank you very much, you know, for calling me, whatever. And then I didn't cry then. I didn't. And then 
Um, was, was it a holding it together or because yeah, it together. obviously had, had a little bit of an insight before and obviously like you said you know there is blood so you, you were sort of already in that you know mind frame that that was going to be the situation so it was it was all okay till you know that message that comes on you know so I've got the bible app on my on, on my phone and they've got a message that comes for you that day now, at the beginning of in the January, I had I had spoken about the Lord. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, and I and and I was very anxious about that year. So I remember that I preached on the Lord is my shepherd, and so that day I get the call. I say, okay, thank you, and I'm waiting. I pick up my phone, and I was I think I was about to call Viv and tell him that okay, I got feedback, and then I got the message that. And then I got the the pop-up from my my Bible verse for the day telling me that the Lord is your shepherd. You will lack nothing. No thing. Mm. And that's when I went. Yeah. <laughs> In the midst of it. <laughs> and that's when I went. Um, and so I come home. I know I, I called Viv. I told him I didn't work. And then I come home. I have a baby shower for my sister. I'm happy I'm jumping around because remember that I said there is pain in the way to, or there's pain in hope, but yes. you shouldn't be about it. Right? So I'm pushing, I'm jumping around, I do everything. And the next day was one of my staff's um, wedding and I had missed on the fifth. So I said, no, I'll go on the next day. And I was busy talking to someone because I hadn't had time to grieve. I was busy talking to someone about something random around that. Then I started crying again because, oh. you know, you've just lost. It, it was a big match. Yeah. So what he had said was, okay, we're going to calm down about tonight. And he told me, and so Viv says, okay, let's take a breather. And then we will we will revisit because now we've got two on ice right now. Okay. So we've got two um, of the four we've used two yeah. and we've got two that are in on ice so, so we started from 22 17 mm-hmm. were 39 30 and at the point and of implantation you had only four left and then they implanted two and then the other two were frozen the other two were frozen yeah right so now um so we we calmed out christmas came i had my you know and then late january we decided to go back uh, I, you know, we decided to go back and see the doctors, and and they almost do a, they almost do a what what they call a, what went wrong, yeah, type of thing. Okay, yeah. so we went back and and he kind of explained it to me like you know what that's fine, that this didn't work. Um, there was a lot of debris that came out, you know, so at least this has almost cleansed your your system. And so let's try, we'll try again uh, with the other two. And we will, you know, I think, you know, we will, we will be, uh, you know, we shouldn't lose hope around that. We've got other two to try out. And we said, okay. And then I needed to come back to them again when my, my, uh, my next cycle started again. So they work on your cycle. Yeah. So when, um, so we went there in, in January, February, when my cycle started, they gave me something, you know, they gave me a couple of med- medicines to to almost hold my egg so I don't naturally 
I don't naturally um, do the ovulation process and all of that, the cycle process. So they gave you some medicine you you take. And what I did was, you know, I was taking it and then they were just, and I had to go in for them to monitor me. Because right now they're not looking at eggs. They've already got the eggs that they want to transfer or they've got the blastocyst that they, or the embryo that they want to, to, to transfer. What they needed now, again, was for my lining the grow. Remember guys. Yeah. Last time we did my, we did the, the, the fresh transfer. I wasn't growing too. I wasn't growing. I think by the time they did it, the last time I had about I was at six point one, and this time again, they were pushing and pushing. And when I go in to go and check, I'm sitting at three for the first time. Um, and then it was a constant, um, going in to go and check. They even gave me something that they. So now they threw everything at me to make sure that my lining was great. My sister, I had Viagra. They gave me, I had to take Viagra for me. Um, then I had to take, um, they gave me some extra gene patches that to, to grow the lining. Then there was, um, what else did they give me? There was this medicine that they normally give to people called, it's called, G and I have it over here because I thought it was such a weird thing. Let's go G GCFC, and that's something that they give to people that have gone through chemo to, to help them with their blood. Okay, they they threw that at me also because all they wanted was they wanted my lining to to be you know to nice. flourish to be nice and fluffy so that <laughs> when they put <laughs> so when they put them back in the other two in they will be fine so we went we went we went on you know and then there was also timelines to it so they also gave me a trigger shot if, if i remember correctly and i remember the day we went back for this transfer again the frozen transfer for the last two i was told that um and i asked them what is what's the current measurement of my lining because mm. I want my testimony to be exact. And he said it was 6.7. Remember, I'm supposed to be at 8, but I'm sitting at 6.7. And then I said, okay, good. Then they put the two in. I remember my sister calling them specs. Because they were little, they're like little tiny specs. I was obviously sending her picture, like pictures of it. And they were calling it. So we call them speckles. We call them speckles. The two in that. So... And then we went back again to the same cycle. So I think day 10, you go and check. And then I think day 12, you check again, do a pregnancy test. When I went to check day 10, the way I really, my, my pregnancy levels were, uh, my HG, HCG, or I forget what the, I forget what that is. My levels are really, they were high. Yeah. Right. Um, but then because of that, they said I needed to, so what I had to do post uh, making sure that uh, the baby will stick or the babies will stick was I had to in inject progesterone. Now these are oil-based and they are in very, remember I said the other ones were thin, yeah. but these progesterones are oil-based and they're thick. Okay. And they, you had to inject it in your bone. Now, if I did it on the right, I could do it. Um, but if I do it on the left, I couldn't, you know, go all the way in. So this will have to, yeah. get up and and he was even afraid to even inject so <laughs> and then he would help push everything in now they had to let me so i had to be doing these injections and i remember my sister will send me a message like have you 
have you done your injections already? Because I had to do them in the morning. Have you done them? I'm like, hey, you have to suck yourself up. Like you, yeah. you, and I had to do it up until. So I think they only did the transfer, the frozen transfer somewhere in April, even though we had gone in June, in Jen, the, and my cycle had started in Feb. They had to wait it out. And I think we only did the transfer on the 16th or 15th of April. And so I had to be injecting myself with a progesterone up until end of June, should the baby stay. Okay? Right. Now, and I was told to go in, I come in and check on the 19th of, of, of May. I was to go in for my six-week check. That's when I was supposed to have gone in. And I think they counted weirdly because by the time, anyway, they counted funny, but I was supposed to go in on the 19th of May. Uh after they had done the transfer. And I think on the 15th, I went to the bathroom and then I saw blood again, right? So 15th of, of, of May. Remember, I was, I, was, I was chairing a meeting at that, that day in the evening. And what I did was I sent them a message and said, I've got a family emergency that I need to handle. So I'm going to postpone this meeting. Meanwhile, I'm that family emergency. <laughs> and so I call. I'm, I'm crying this at this time because the last time I saw blood, it wasn't great, eh? Yeah. So I'm crying at this point and I've cried so much, but hey, eh, I'm a thug, but hey, eh, I cry, you know? Even <laughs> <Mama. let's> cry. <laughs> so, so, and I'm, I'm freaking out and then, and then this comes home and like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm seeing blood, whatever. And then I called the the doc, the nurse, the sisters, because you 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 deal with the sisters, right? Because the doctors are busy or they so called, and they said to me, I should just monitor. If if it's coming, if I'm hemorrhaging, then I need to quickly go to emergency, right? But if it's just spotting, then I'm fine, and I should come in on the Saturday. Those are Friday, um, and it's a I need to come in, monitor, and come in on the Saturday. To the yeah, and I remember on the sixteenth of May, when we went to go check uh, what was going on. Weirdly, I was very calm. You know, after the whole episode, I was very very calm when we went there. And then we get in, and then they check, and the lady said, "Oh, double trouble." So what had happened was both eggs stuck this time, but one was pulling out was pulling right. out and that's when I was having blood right so so she said to me there's still some pockets of blood there but it's going to come out it's going to be dark blood but don't worry about it you'll be okay um just um it, it shouldn't be crazy you should be fine right but come back on the 19th so we we check and make sure everything is, is all right so 3 a.m on the 19th uh I woke up I went to the bathroom, went to, you know, came back. When because they said you're not supposed to be seeing if you sit if it's to be dark blood, but if you see red, then it's fresh, you know, fresh blood. So I go, I go to the bathroom, I come back, I go to, and then I see fresh blood again. This is the 19th that I need to go in. And 3 a.m. I walk out of the bathroom, he just looks up at me because obviously he's also anxious. Yeah. And I'm in tears and he says to me, What's wrong? And I'm like, seeing blood, you know. And sorry, I don't know whether we can say this or you know. No, but I'm, I'm, this, is, this yeah. is supposed to be, you know, as authentic as it comes. I'm so glad, and I, I, I don't know, and I'm, I'm here, and whilst I'm lying there weeping, 
I said to myself, but why are you crying? Why are you not praying? Why are you crying? It's about me, right? I read the Bible and then I, and I keep telling you that God is so intrinsic in everything here. I read the Bible and I, and I prayed and I slept. And in that dream, in, in that, I, I dreamt, you know, when I slept, I dreamt and I dreamt about my mom and her. So my mom was, so my mom was late and she, she was not, she doesn't know well, she was not feeling well in the dream. And as we, we, I was trying to like mobilize people to look after her. They were not, people were not coming to me. They were not coming to help me. And I, I started praying over her. But she passed away whilst I'm praying over her in the stream. And post that, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I see that she turns into a little baby girl. And I know it's a girl because she was wrapped in pink now. So my mom looks like a baby girl. This is about six weeks into it. Wrapped in pink. And but I was like, okay, what's going on here? And and then I woke up and I was calm. And I, as, I, as I prayed over her, she started reviving. Yeah. and then I slept and I was like okay, cool we're good and then a buddy of mine also sent me a message and said to me she doesn't know what that same evening sent me a message and said I don't know why what is going on with you but just so you know that um you're going to get the victory and God says you know like you're going to get victory you've got people praying with you and you're going to get whatever your victory right as so I called her and we had a big chat about that she had also dreamt about me blah 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 blah. so that morning we went then we went in to go and check the baby's heartbeat right to see what's going on we went the heartbeat was fine her heartbeat was 111 at that point and I never forgot to mention it says 111 because I took it as uh, you know you know the Christian I look I think like God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit you know and post that I, we didn't have any issues, you know, we they had to go and check, you know, we had to go in and do lots of checks, you know, to make sure that, look, was she going well, was she not, did she have Down syndrome, all of that came clean, and was almost always a, I remember one lady said to me, you've got what you, and then we do, you know, one of her, we had to do her anatomy measurements, you're like, you, you've got what we call a test book baby, you know, everything was going well at that point. And post that, we didn't have any issues up until the end when I had COVID. But that's another story. We don't need to talk about it here. <laughs> but um, on the 15th of December, 2021, um, Liana Owe Java was born. <laughs> and, and I think she's been a lot of... Like, I, I remember looking at her for the first three months or five months that I was like, how are you here? How are you? How are you here? And it's 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 a constant praise. It's a constant praise within my heart about uh, the fact that, you know, we went through all of this and she came through. And I know I've spoken quite a bit, but um, I think, you know, some have waited one year two years you know in our case one year or two years before you know she came others have been waiting five six seven eight nine years but it doesn't really matter how long you're waiting you know the pain or the longing is as is, is as intense for me mm -hmm. as it would be for somebody else who's also 
wait, you know, who's been waiting for longer. So you'd be like, you know what? And I and I think that's something we need to also be mindful of. That you may think that, oh no, you're you don't have to wait for too long, you know. But think about it, it's it's a daily thing, mm-hmm. you know, that you're going through. And it's it's a longing. But above it all, I think if 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 we have to, if you have to do something, right, about whatever situation you are in, maybe don't wait it out for too long because you don't know what the variables are. Yeah. And if you've got the chance, don't don't delay it. Just if you can, do it and do it now. Yeah. And I think that's that's the one thing I pick up from my journey. If I'd waited it out, you know, we would still be, you know. We'll still be waiting here up until forever. Yeah. We don't know. But the fact that we took the step, you know, God used that as a as a mechanism to actually show. But that has been my right. journey. Oh wow. Oh my word. Wow. I I I want to say thank you very much, first of all. Um certainly um from the beginning you obviously alluded to the fact that this you weren't quite sure how this you know you know last week's episode was going to be um obviously sharing you know that much detail with us but I think the feedback you know getting you know coming to us um clearly indicates that absolutely worth it and I have every confidence that you know this is going to have a similar effect I have learned so much from just listening to you. Um, I love listening and it's been, you know, a wonderful uh, uh, session with you today listening. I couldn't help, you know, noting down a couple of things here, Mm. um, which is that whole persona of a woman. And I think especially synonymous to black women, especially that even through pain we just carry on and and move on and keep plodding on and you know just that continuous can-do attitude and whether it really does us any good or are we doing ourselves a disservice by keeping it all in and 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 not letting it go um and 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 I suppose in, in a sense when we have issues around even getting to that labor ward and the way professionals, you know, health professionals treat black women, bearing in mind with that assumption that, you know, we know pain, we can carry pain. And so when you're in a bad way and with somebody having that sort of, you know, ideology that she can manage, we can expect things to go wrong. And by all accounts, you know, some things have gone seriously wrong should we still be maintaining this, you know, I'd hate to say facade, but it is the way we have been, I suppose, made um, to to, to stay strong um, as well. So, I mean, that, that kind of bothers me a little bit. And I think the other thing is, you mentioned about that, you know, bedside manners lacking with, you know, professionals and that, you know, undertone and some of the words that come out from professionals, because I can relate to that, um, especially because I I wonder if professionals really think about the effects of what they say 
um, whether directly or indirectly. And then, you know, in, in this case for you, it was, you know, it's likely indirect, but of course, you know, certainly within within hearing uh, distance of you. And, and, and obviously you, you mentioned about the effects that had on you. Hmm. And I say that I can relate because I, you know, like I said, we I've had my own journey of, you know, unexplained infertility and going into um, the, the hospital, looking at, you know, what fibroids were doing to my whole system. And, you know, I'm looking at another woman consultant and, and she says to me, because by then I was taking these ridiculous tablets, um, and I said, I can't keep doing this, you know, and she says to me, it's normal for black people. Just go on and, you know, it's normal. It's OK. Just go on taking the tablets and off you go. Um, and, and that really hurts, you know, and I think somehow sometimes we think women can relate to each other very well. But in this case, that was very different. You know, another woman, another race. And it it, it did, you know, hurt quite a lot. And, and I remember going back to the car and, you know, having to sit in the car, will like a baby, <laughs> call the hubby. And he's like, what's wrong? I was like, this woman just said, you know, you know, just just go away. And, you know, it's normal for black people. So, you know, get on with it. And, and that wasn't OK. That wasn't OK. Um, but I think for me, the final one then is the way you found meaning at almost every stage. And the final one that possibly hit me the most was that heartbeat you describe as 111. And relating it to that trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I wondered to myself, how many of us can actually do that? How many of us can actually see God? And, you know, if you're a religious person, um, and or, or if not, if how much hope can you see? How much strength do we actually have to also see that hope? But somehow you did and found the strength to do so. And so I want to thank you again for having the courage to share. And I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that we love you. We are cheering for you. And we hope that your family is blessed and your home is full of God, his grace and peace. So thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. I'm happy, happy you reached out or happy we connected and happy we've done this. Um, at least we've, I think we've done, we've done our part. Yeah. I think we have. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you also for having me. Perfect. Well, there we have it. You've heard it. We hope that you have found some inspiration here. And if you do have any questions or if you can relate, remember to just put it in the comments, send an email. We're here to listen, to tell you of our own experiences. And hopefully together we all win. Until next week. <laughs>